0: Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy.
1: And I'm Sydney McElroy.
0: Well, we had a fun weekend, Sid.
1: We did, Justin.
0: I went and spoke at the uh, Columbus Game Developers Expo. Hello to everyone who uh, was was so cool to us there.
1: You gave everybody great advice. Mm -hmm. Grace showed us
0: a colon, a knitted mm -hmm. colon.
1: That was impressive. And Charlie got to eat lots of mini cheese balls that were available backstage
0: so appreciated
1: so and we also got to go to one of our favorite places on earth cosi the
0: center of science and industry
1: that's right now when you say it that way the center of science and industry although well, i was going to say that doesn't sound as exciting but actually to to you our listeners maybe it does maybe it does maybe <laughs> that's right up your alley maybe you're on our, on the same page as us cosi is one of my favorite places because it's basically a big amazing science museum in columbus ohio yeah and if you have never been there and you live in that area anywhere around there it's great make Top a trip. Flight. Favorite place to go as a kid Mm -hmm. and as an adult.
0: Even after it switched buildings, it's still it's still a delight.
1: Yeah, I didn't even realize it did.
0: Yeah, I used to be downtown next to the first Wendy's.
1: Well, uh, Cosi is amazing, and it also gave me an idea for this week's show. I'm Randy Sydney. So in in Cosi they have uh, it's called Progress, I think, and it's like a
0: Progress is the name of the section,
1: the time traveling tunnel through. I think if in old timey could, towns could be an
0: embellishment of childhood uh, that you used to walk through a little literal tunnel to get to this section, and I think there used to be cavemen, I don't really remember, but oh, you go through two old-timey towns from like the 1800s and the uh like 1950s and 60s, it's like my favorite thing, I mean, yeah. it's like one of my favorite places.
1: And it's supposed to be about like the progress of technology and stuff. Yeah. Between the two. But they also have a little display that I was looking at in the old 1800s um, store, one of the store windows, of, like, medicine and old, you know, patent medicines and a doctor's medicine bag from that era. And I found myself, like, glued to the window trying to read every label on every bottle. And I thought, you know, it might be a neat idea to talk about what would be in a doctor's bag in... Whatever era of history.
0: All right, well, Sydney, I've got an old timey doctor's bag right here. Let me just set it on the the table, and that's the it, sound it made. Open it up, greek, that's, and mm-hmm. oh, on, let me try my cape over and see what kind of noise. It's
1: not bad. That's pretty good. I like this. This is like an old timey yeah. radio show now.
0: And uh, what what do we find
1: inside? Uh, so I'm going to talk about a doctor's bag of the 1800s. Uh, This is probably geared towards the later 1800s uh, because of some of the specific inventions that I'll name, because obviously these things evolved quickly through these years. Um, And thank you, Kosai, for the inspiration. So generally speaking, a doctor in this time period would want to carry very practical items with them that they were sure to use on most or all of their patients because they were hauling it around, usually making house calls. Mm -hmm. so you don't want to carry a bunch of unnecessary stuff in there uh these also if you think about it like what kind of bag they would be carrying if you think of like the classic like big leather black bag yeah there's that uh but for some it would even be more of like a saddle bag because they would be riding horseback on the frontier
0: so cool to go see exactly so dr quinn medicine woman
1: that it very it very much is. It's very cool. So it could be like a saddlebag. It could be like the the traditional black bag. It there were like medical boxes and cases as well that were better bet for. I bet that guy probably got a lot of crap for the doctors' red bags. <laughs>
0: Think about that big lunkhead just carrying around a big dumb box full of medical stuff. <laughs>
1: what a jerk! Just get a bag. <laughs> it was like no like, maybe it's like daring to be different like the kid at school who would carry the rolly bag nah, who had it's the like rolly backpack
0: and the tape at the bottom is old <laughs> so it just like opens at inopportune moments and dumps what? all the stuff I don't on mean his shoes like
1: a cardboard box So, uh, like I said, they were traveling a lot, so it had to be something that they could carry around. Um, A lot of what would be inside a bag would be tools as opposed to a lot of medicines, although, as we'll talk about, some doctors may be more prone to carry more medications than others. Um, And inside the bag, if you open it up, there were usually lots of little compartments. No matter what your bag looked like, you wanted lots of little compartments so that you could keep all your tools somewhere, and it might be numbered or labeled, usually like little numbers. I I have an old um medic military medical bag that I got when I was in Prague. Cool. And it's it's neat because when you flip it open, it has little numbers at each compartment, which I'm assuming like you would routinely put this medicine in this number. You know, you would know just by the number. But anyway, this was pretty this was pretty standard to have it all kind of labeled and keep everything in order. So let's talk about the tools first. Because most doctors, especially like general practitioners but also surgeons, would be carrying tools over medicines in their bag. So one essential tool now, as was then, would be something like a stethoscope. Mm -hmm. Anytime after 1816, it would be an actual real-deal stethoscope, Mm -hmm. because that's when they were invented. But prior to that, it would be like an ear trumpet.
0: I bet that's tough. That can't be much better than just like putting your ear on their chest and hoping for the best.
1: It's a little bit better... And it's one of those skills that you would have to acquire. It's not, you know, I mean, a stethoscope is a skill, too. You know, I'm, I I don't want to pretend like the first time you pick it up, you're instantly great at hearing heart sounds. Um, But it's not probably as difficult a skill as the ear trumpet would have been right. to acquire. So you had to have that. Uh, You would have had some things like a folding magnifying glass.
0: To look at warts closer.
1: Yes, to look at various lesions and whatnot more closely. And because, like, they just look so sciencey, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to have lancets now why would you have lancets
0: to lance boils
1: yes sure Woo! to lance boils that would be a great a great reason to have a lance
0: i could have been an 1800s doctor is what i'm starting to think
1: you would also want to have have lancets or a small kit of scalpels or uh maybe a fleam do you remember the fleam we talked about the fleam oh what's the
0: fleam i know we talked about it it looks
1: like a little uh like pocket knife, like Swiss Army knife kind of thing. It's all folded up, and then you unfold it, and it's got a bunch of triangular-shaped blades that are great for opening a blood vessel in the event one needs to be bled. Great. So a lot of these tools were mainly for bleeding your patient, Mm -hmm. which, of course, we don't use as often today. so much. At least not for that purpose. And as you go into the later 1800s, some of these would be less likely... You know you wouldn't necessarily find a fleam because bleeding had begun to lose um interest <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you know it's not as hot of a
1: I was gonna anymore. say like efficacy but like it was never it was never, it was never yeah, effective never it was just people stopped doing it so much you might have an eyedropper for you know drops in eyes for putting drops in eyes uh and after eighteen sixty seven you may have a thermometer because thermometers actually the the original thermometer was pro was invented prior to that but the original thermometer was huge it was very long and it was very fragile and it was four butts only <laughs> well i mean that is uh, that is the most accurate temperature and justin it,
0: you can't put it in the mouth it was that big it's got to be for butts
1: well, think about it <laughs> i am and i'm still not clear it's like think about how silly
0: that would look to have a giant thermometer in your mouth
1: i mean it's very long Right. What, do you think it looks less silly to have a giant thermometer sticking out of your butt?
0: No, but that you would have to do in in privacy. So nobody would see you.
1: A rectal temperature is the most accurate temperature, yeah, to be fair. Anyway, they were very long and they were fragile and like they had mercury in them. So they weren't the best thing to just carry around in a doctor's bag. So after 1867, you see the invention of small portable thermometers that are easier for you to actually take from place to place and check for fevers. must be exciting. Um, Prior to those, doctors had to be pretty good at feeling foreheads. That seems so scattershot
0: <laughs> to me. That's like a nerfing. But I, mean, I guess
1: like what? <laughs> I guess on the other hand,
0: yeah, he's got a fever. What do you want to do? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Not different, I guess, yeah. from
1: what I thought. No, like, like that, I mean, the treatment's going to be the same, right? Bleed him. Bleed him. Bleed him. No, you know, actually, they've done studies to like test how good um, parents are at feeling foreheads on kids and predicting fevers. Mm-hmm. And they're actually pretty decent yeah i
0: i feel like i have a pretty good sense of it with charlie Mm -hmm.
1: yeah sure yeah i i think i mean we're wrong sometimes but we do an okay job yeah we can get thermometers now though so like get a thermometer yeah Yeah, get a thermometer thermometer, folks uh (laughs) now um along the lines (laughs) along the lines of bleeding you could also get a scarificator Uh, do you remember those things they're like these little like spring loaded, round, like cylindrical devices that you would hold on your skin and then push a button and like multiple blades would spring out and cut you at once Ah. so that you could bleed somebody more effectively and efficiently. Um, Or they were later used for vaccination against smallpox. That was part of how that was performed was using this device. So you may have had one of those in your kit. That would look particularly intimidating, I think. Uh, You would have a small selection of things like forceps, tweezers, scissors, just really, you know, kind of practical things you might need for removing various debris or uh, a small sewing kit for suturing, for stitching people up, that kind of thing. Um, You might have something like some scales.
0: To measure out dosage.
1: Mm-hmm. If you are gonna mess with medicines, you might need some scales because if you're
0: gonna mess with medicines.
1: <laughs> what a cool time. <laughs> because you're probably going you're probably not bringing pre mixed, pre prepared medications most of the time. Right. A lot of it doctors are kind of measuring out for themselves. Either they're they're pre- creating for themselves or they're buying concentrated kind of mixes that that have they're to be diluted and, 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 yeah. and stuff. So anyway, you might have some scales and like a mortar and pestle would be a, a very common thing you might find if you were going to carry a lot of medications. Um, and along those same lines, syringes and needles would be pretty essential if you were going to administer medications. Um, especially one of the earliest things that a doctor might carry with them standardly would be some kind of opiate.
0: Oh, sure.
1: So morphine or something. Sure. Or heroin. That'll fix them up. Right. And so so you might have something like that uh, and, and you would need a syringe. You'd also want a syringe for flushing things out. So like just no needle on it, just the syringe part that you could fill with water and flush things out Perfect. just to clean out wounds and we stuff. We used to do
0: that in school. We had, we would get like a syringes without a needle in them and use mm-hmm. them to spray each other.
1: Yeah. They're great for squirt guns. Mm-hmm. Not the needle though.
0: Not the needle, Leave
1: folks. Leave the needle out if you're going to let your kid play with it. <laughs> There's my advice to you.
0: Man, they, and they say this show isn't educational.
1: <laughs> uh, several different sizes of speculums for various orifices of the body.
0: Remind me, what's a speculum?
1: Uh, a speculum, it depends on exactly what we're talking about. You can use like a, a gynecologic speculum, which is like a duckbill-looking device sure. that opens and you can use to insert inside the vagina and mm-hmm. take a look in there um you can you can use various speculums to get a better look at the rectum or there are ear speculums and there are sounds no like, speculums they're all just like, a, like devices that help you get a closer look inside like an orifice. spatula because like
0: people don't call anything a
1: spatula <laughs> not a spatula no i know it's not a spatula i'm just
0: saying the term speculum sounds like it's used for as many things as spatula mm-hmm. is there's no c- good consensus on what a spatula is it irritates me.
1: That's a good point. Well, it's it's you know, just like, people kind look... the
0: flat metal thing with the lines. That's what I yeah. think of. Like, spatula city, spatulas. Right. But, like, also people call the, like, little flat spoon spatulas. But that's it's a spoonula. Inferior. It's a spoonula. Calm spoonula. <laughs> Sp-
1: speaking of spoons, you might have an ear spoon in your kit. It's
0: the greatest segue I've ever done on the show. is the cleanest thing. Thank you. I'm sorry I called attention to it.
1: That You might have an ear spoon which would be, as you can imagine, a little spoon used for cleaning out your ear. Uh, sometimes they would get really fancy and have a toothpick on one end and a spoon on the other. <laughs> clean Again, your
0: teeth, clean your ears.
1: Exactly. And it would. Uh, there were very fancy ones. They're like gold. You can look at pictures if you're ever curious, if this is the kind of thing you're into, which apparently I am. Look at pictures <laughs> of old ear spoons on the Internet, and you can find really fancy like gold plated and like, you know, jewel inlaid ear spoons. So there you go. Uh, you might have a small kit of probes various long sticks that for, you you can guess probe folks. things with uh, you may have cupping devices uh, we've talked about cupping on this show before that for for a good a good bit of history and actually currently some people believe that cupping would in one way shift humors that was the origin origin of it was to pull humors away from or towards different parts of the body um and so you would have the the little glass cups, they were usually glass at the time, and then some lint that you would have with them so that you could set fire to the lint to use it to create a vacuum inside the cup and then put that on the skin and create a big nasty, ugly looking bruise
0: for medicine
1: <laughs> for medicine, and then maybe catch your patient on fire.
0: Who knows? Try not to Which seems lively.
1: uh atrophine. For trepanation ah
0: good there's my guy
1: yeah so you, you might want to have a handheld little head drill just in case you on just, the go yeah and i mean largely at this point in history they were being used for like traumatic skull injuries so mm-hmm. somebody gets stepped on by a horse and we know that the we didn't quite understand why but the brain was going to swell we know that those pieces of skull are going to be a problem and so drilling a hole in the head would have been not an inappropriate treatment at the, the time. good
0: kind of trepanation uh, the, does does exist.
1: Now, this was still done under absolutely no, like no sterile conditions. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. you know you're not washing your hands or the trephine or anything. So I wouldn't say it's like the best kind of trepanation. But, no,
0: yeah, but it's like
1: yeah, but not done for fun. Yeah, you may have dental tools. A lot of doctors at the time would pull teeth too. Sure, because. Why not? They were there there already. And it was a great show. You could do that in front of people and earn a few extra bucks. Perfect. uh, And some, and some fame. You would probably have one of those little alcohol lamps. That was just for light. You know, those little teeny lamps that that run on alcohol. Those are very common to find in doctor's kits. Uh, And you might have some things like little glass bottles or slides or something. If you wanted to collect samples Mm -hmm. to take back to wherever your doctor lab is to analyze. Um,
0: And wait for someone to invent the microscope.
1: (laughs) Oh, I think we have exists. the yeah. Right uh and we have uh and you might have some leather straps or like tourniquets kind of things to use or maybe because you needed restraints if you were going to do something incredibly painful. Um and then like I said I, without getting into the medicines too much yet, it would be very common to have some little ampules full of opiates of some sort. That was very common just for pain relief. And then after the 1860s, cocaine was a very common thing to find in a lot of doctors' kits. So what about
0: snacks? You haven't mentioned (laughs) a snack, but I'm assuming a doctor on the go probably has a Cliff Bar or something,
1: right? (laughs) At least, at least in there. One of those little things that I love. One of those little kit, one of those little containers that have like cheese and nuts. Oh my God, raisins!
0: Buck wild for those things, like (laughs) the little trays. I'll sit like, did you eat lunch? Like a sweet escape or something. Trays, and it's like. I remember Trace is like 30 white chocolate morsels and some raisins and some cubes of meat. And it's just No, like, just yeah, cheese. I, have, I just can't. Cheese. I
1: can't have cubes of meat right now. Just oh, that's cheese. That's right, right, right. Uh, they're delicious. But no, unfortunately, these old timey doctors would not have had them. Uh, you wouldn't find bandages. I thought this was hmm. worth mentioning. You would not. You, if you meant if you noticed, I didn't mention anything about any kind of bandaging material. It would have been really bulky. For doctors to carry around, because we're talking about, like, cloth bandages at the time.
0: Like, come up with something.
1: It it would have been a big uh, space, waste of space in your bag, and you really would have expected the patient's family to supply those to you. So, basically, you show up, and if you need bandages, the patient's family is going to tear up some sheets or whatever to to give you those. If I had to
0: guess, and this is, like, complete conjecture on my part, but if I had to guess, I would bet you probably had to be ready to deal with like first aid type stuff yes. on your own like yes by the time you
1: there were no there was no the emt there, there. Yeah. yeah right no you're exactly right and so like well yeah yeah the so the bandages probably would have been come up from the family and that kind of thing was actually expected we mentioned this a long time ago in one of our childbirth episodes that like when you went to the hospital to have a baby You would bring your own like bandages and not like bandages, but like sheets and blankets and towels and all that stuff, like a basin to put water in. Like Mm -hmm. you provided all that stuff that just they didn't have it for you back then. Uh, There wasn't any need for antiseptic. You mentioned uh, you might have noticed I didn't mention that because we didn't know that that was a thing.
0: There was a need for antiseptic. Well, there
1: was a need, (laughs) but we didn't understand it. We didn't believe it. We were still really mad that Semmelweis brought up hand washing and decided not to do it. Well, at some point in this time period, depending on where you are. But anyway, so we weren't washing our hands and we didn't worry about antiseptic. And uh, and as, and again, about delivering babies, most docs weren't doing it. So you wouldn't need any kind of obstetrical equipment. Uh, back then, it was largely midwives. And especially if we're talking about doctors who are going ho- from house to house. Um, if people are having home deliveries, midwives are doing that. so mm-hmm. So you really wouldn't see a lot of docs carrying a ton of obstetrical equipment around unless that was something that they had a specialized interest in or, or they knew that's what they were coming for. Mm-hmm. Um, no blood pressure cuffs, no sphygmomanometers.
0: Oh, that just seems like such a natural part of the...
1: Not around yet.
0: Doctor's bag. Not around. Not around. No. What about? Okay, so what about medicine?
1: Well, Justin, I'm going to tell you about medicine, but first, why don't we head to the billing department? Let's go.
0: The medicines, the medicines that escalate for the mouth. We have just started rehearsing High quality chef crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some southwestern style turkey and mac. But I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl. Is 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 part of my plan? Um, but they got like fancy. Stuff. Listen, to this. Where are you going to get this truffle butter filet mignon? I mean, seriously, from 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 a a box. So you promised me, Sydney, medicine, and I want medicine.
1: That's right, Justin. So uh, like I said, any doctor might carry medi- medicines with them, and especially if they were had medicines they were making because that was not uncommon to find a doctor who also kind of made their own little concoctions. Uh, but specifically, if you were a homeopath, you probably co- carried a collection of... Lies. <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say medications, but the loose use of the word there loosey
0: goosey made up
1: some bottles of some bottles of water uh or perhaps an herbalist you probably would carry a a separate box full not just dedicated to your medicines i mean because you you may be able to fit that all in the one doctor bag but you'll see a lot of old medical kits that are just the medicines kind of separate Mm -hmm. from everything else um and and you would carry some of the basics, such as like some anti some of the early like antibacterials. We didn't know that's what they were, but we knew that these were good for putting on wounds. They did something we didn't know why. Um, things to make like poultices, right? Like to help things heal, or what we thought were drawing out poison toxin. We didn't know again infection. Just kind of played it by ear. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, you might have some willow bark,
0: which was used.
1: For pain, for pain because, because of... it was made to aspirin. Exactly. Or Very good.
0: Aceticolic
1: acid. Acetosilo- Acetosilo- Acetosilo-
0: Acetosilo- now you're acetyl Acetic. Now you acid.
1: Acetyl salicylic
0: acid. Stop. <laughs> Alec acid.
1: Uh the you might have some medicinal brandy in there. Wink. So just some alcohol <laughs> with something in it, because why not? Um laudanum was a staple i'm gonna i'm gonna make
0: a line of brandy called it's medicine and that Uh will be the brand and you just say oh no this
1: it's it's medicine medicine." uh and so and and you and you definitely like i said we want to have some laudanum because it was good for everything because it made you feel so good and especially back in the 1800s you would give it to a woman who complained about anything because that's what we did Sorry, sorry, everybody. <laughs> so you had to have the laudanum, for, laudanum for the ladies, laudanum for the ladies, uh, ladies laudanum. A lot of these that I'm going to talk about, maybe in the form of powder. So you would actually, they would like wrap them in little squares of paper, like newspaper or something like that. So you'd have a bunch of teeny little packets. I see
0: that in in old timey movies a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Like a little packet of some take a powder that was like a common. Just take a powder. It was a common turn of phrase. Um, There might be some liquids or tonics or tinctures in there. A lot of things that might need to be reconstituted. So like this is, you know, you can take a couple drops of this. There's your eyedropper. Take some drops of this and put it in some brandy. And there you go. Some kind of alcohol to reconstitute it. That was very common. Um, And then some doctors would take the time to actually make their own tablets out of some of these different things. Um, It just depended on, again, kind of how into it they were. Yeah. How much That's, they want to work? This is very. This is a very loose science at this point. Yeah. <laughs> this is more of a hobby. Uh, so, I the,
0: I'm, you probably need a machine to make pills, right? At least some sort of tool. I would think.
1: Yeah, something to press it. Into a pill shape, carry
0: around, or just do at home.
1: I didn't find any mention of that, um, just because I think it would be bulky. Yeah. So I think I think you would probably want to make them at home and carry them with you, Um, or just carry the powder. It'd be easier and lighter. Yeah. You know, and you could think about how many you could stack of just little packets of powder in your bag. Um, In addition, some things you might carry around, and a lot of these, I, I actually were I was able to just find a bunch of old medical kits and like look at all the different bottles in them and try to figure out what were common common themes um cream of tartar to use as a laxative was not uncommon whoa yeah i didn't know that it would do that me so, neither i mean don't try that at home um there's now something consider
0: called, how i make my meringues now.
1: <laughs> there's something called manna, not that manna,
0: not from heaven
1: no it's from plants it's just plant material that again will work as a laxative so it was not uncommon to find a bottle labeled manna and it would be from various plants. Um, again, uh, anything that worked as a laxative was very popular. Uh, there was something called turkey rhubarb, which I only enjoyed because it, the bottle actually said tincture of fine turkey rhubarb.
0: Sounds delicious.
1: Oh, it does. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. Turkey rhubarb. Um, I don't know what that was supposed to do for you. I just <laughs> don't like turkey rhubarb. Some castor oil, uh, some peppermint water.
0: Or an emetic, I guess I should yeah. say. I don't want to get
1: fancy. <laughs> some peppermint water, which would um, help with vomiting, diarrhea. Yes. You mean farts? Yes, honey. Yes. Lavender was a common um, herb you would find, like some sort of preparation of lavender mm-hmm. uh, for digestion and depression. So that's a nice little yeah combo for it's you.
0: It, and it, listen, if you're sad about... <laughs> How much your tummy hurts is the perfect remedy.
1: There you go. Then take some lavender. Um, We've talked before about Epsom salts. Those are very popular for soaking things in. And at times they would would advise ingesting them. I would Mm -hmm. not advise advise that. Don't. But you would carry some Epsom salts with you. Um, And then you may have some patent medicines in there. Oh, yeah. Now, not all doctors were fans of the patent medicines. Many of them found them to be kind of hoaxes as they were because they contain things like alcohol and opium and well and i would imagine if you're
0: a doctor that you probably have a healthy amount of if you're a working physician who's actually trying to do science-based stuff you Mm -hmm. probably have a pretty healthy skepticism of Non doctors trying to sell
1: medicine. They exactly they made up
0: in their basement.
1: Exactly, and so there, there were de- there's definitely friction there. So not all doctors would have carried any patent medicines, and the ones they would have chosen to carry probably they would have been pretty particular about. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you find some patent medicines that were using ingredients that even doctors were recommending so these might have been like easy preparations for them to carry along with them um so like one uh, example would be something like dr steers chemical uh a opo, opo del doc opo del doc this was a word i was unfamiliar with
0: it's not it's a fairly clumsy portmanteau it seems
1: yes so opa del opo del doc is a kind of cure-all. And I had to read about what this is, because Dr. Steers is not the only one who made one of these. Uh, His, in particular, was used for aches, pains, bruises. It was made of soap, spirit of wine, camphor, rosemary oil, and sometimes spirit of ammonia. But the original Opo del Doc dates back to Paracelsus, who we've talked about before bombastic mm-hmm. paracelsus yeah who uh made a liniment from it that was maybe named for the different herbs that were in it that's this is one theory opoponax uh bedellium and aristolochia and maybe from that that he put it together into opo del doc I don't know. Sure? Theory is as good as any, I guess. Where else did he I come up with that it? smelled like a portmanteau. And uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like something that probably was just kind of stuck together. It does not roll off the tongue. Uh, and, and these were things that were already being used for various medicinal purposes. Uh, his also had soap, alcohol, camphor, and then uh, could have some other herbal elements in addition to those. And this this theme of an opo del doc became so popular kind of in in culture and like what everybody recognized as a kind of cure-all that someone might have made of various substances that the name owed opo del doc was like a stock character hmm. for a lot of different like plays and writings from the time. So you would have a physician that was named that in the play. Um, and it, they would be like, they would kind of be like comic relief. Um, Poe, Used uh the used the name as a pseudonym for a character in the literary life of Thingam Bob Esquire, mm-hmm. and uh and this Opadel Doc would have been very widely used during Poe's life. Oh, so I'd go. never heard of this before. Opadel Doc, it's kind of a mouthful. It is, it is. But you may have found some variety of Opa del Doc in there. Um, usually a sarsaparilla-based medicine. Those were very popular at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ayres sarsaparilla medicine was a very common one there were lots of other ones but anything with sarsaparilla
0: wish we got an opportunity to say more
1: (laughs) sarsaparilla uh celery based medicines were incredibly popular we've talked about lydia pinkham's before
0: oh she's great still
1: find it you can still find it
0: lydia pinkham's out there
1: yep so then the the kind of vegetable based medicines or celery based medicines were very popular uh blister plasters like a mustard plaster these were to use we've talked about these before to use as like a counter irritant so you have inflammation or infection or something going on somewhere in the body and you put this plaster on healthy skin somewhere else it will irritate the skin and cause inflammation there, drawing blood away from the site of injury or illness and making you better. Making you more annoyed? So you might find these in a doctor's kit. Um, Maybe some strychnine
0: In case it just got too much.
1: Just Well no, we've talked about that strychnine was used in medication for a while Um, so maybe some strychnine maybe some mercury. It was a very popular cure for syphilis Oh, also in the form of calomel for any kind of stomach complaint. Perfect, man. Yeah. So thank you. Pat <laughs> You sure did have a wide range so, of uses. So mercury would have mercury would it would not be uncommon to find mercury in a doctor's bag. Um, And then hopefully
0: it didn't open because that's like the whole day. <laughs>
1: that's it. Well, that's what those old thermometers were probably good for. Yeah. They just broke open and then you let your patient eat what was inside. I guess. And they cure their syphilis. Anything that generally caused sweating or peeing or vomiting or pooping was considered a good thing. I mean, you drive all the
0: way out to the person's house on a horse and they want something to happen.
1: Well, actually, you hit on a point I wanted to make, which is that a lot of times patients did not feel that they had been cared for unless they were given some kind of medication. And so... Medicines like these that that would that would produce some sort of visible result Mm -hmm. were very popular because then you knew the doctor gave you something that worked, which could have been a very powerful placebo effect. And in in fact, some doctors actually carried literal placebos with them. Just to like they would carry sugar pills
0: that's so good
1: just to give if they knew it was something there was nothing to do for or they thought was going to go away on its own or whatever but they also knew that the patient would be very dissatisfied with that answer they would give them sugar pills
0: that's so good
1: so that was actually now this is totally unethical we do not do that uh, anymore that is not a thing that we do but back then no we don't we really don't why are you winking no i'm not stop telling people that Uh, and a portable drug kit could hold anywhere from 12 to 36 vials of some sort of powdered medicine, just depending on. And you can again, these are really cool to look up all just the different varieties. Um,
0: are they cool? Are they cool to look? Yes,
1: up? they're very cool. Shut up. In uh, just one note, if you were a military surgeon, a lot of this you would probably find useless.
0: All right A battlefield. Triage, right? Yes,
1: a battlefield surgeon would want to carry a lot of some sort of opiate. For pain control, which makes sense. Lancets and scalpels and sutures mm-hmm. obviously makes sense. And then you would have a whole other box just full of really big knives and saws. The no-no box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can probably imagine what those were used for.
0: Yes. Cooking up, a I mean, get well lunch for all your friends. And you use that to carve the meat or to um, cut the vegetables and
1: no 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 amputations
0: well that's gonna do it for us this week folks thank you so much for joining us Let me, hold on wait shut the bag uh the bag's all shut and uh that's gonna do it for us we'll
1: have to look into some more medical bags from I don't yeah, know. Maybe like we that. maybe we can find some ancient medical bags and see what's inside.
0: We'll also have to look at this more devices for Foley work if we're going to go down that road. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, hey, if you want to tweet about the show, at Sawbones is our Twitter account. So you can tweet at us or uh, just tweet about the show. Tell people to go listen to it because that's how we get other people to listen to it. Um, and So please do it. Okay.
1: Thanks. thanks i mean thanks uh, in advance we appreciate that thank
0: you to the maximum fun network for letting us be a part of their uh podcasting family uh we we sure appreciate it oh here's a bit of good news it isn't necessarily podcast related but uh uh bullseye one of the um one of the max fun shows that is also on uh uh public radio stations is coming to uh huntington it's coming oh, cool. to west virginia public radio so uh, check their website for, for listings. Bo- uh, Bullseye is a pop culture show um, hosted by Jesse Thorne who runs Max Fun, And it is great. Thank you. Did I thank the taxpayers? I'm going to twice.
1: You can thank them again. Just thank them. Yeah. They're great. Thank you so, so much, much for letting us use your song.
0: Medicines as the of our program. Thank you you for listening. But that is going to do it for us. So until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. How's it going, everyone? I'm Oliver Wang. And I'm Morgan Rhodes. We have a brand new show on the Maximum Fun Network that we'd love to share with you. It's called Heat Rocks. Morgan, we should probably explain what a heat rock is. It is a banger, a fire track, true fire. Right. Dope album. Each episode, we will bring on a special guest to join us to talk about one of their heat rocks. It might be a musician. A writer. Maybe a scholar. I mean, I would have been happy to just talk to you about your heat rocks, but this is a different show. Yeah. I think people might enjoy hearing maybe the guests and stuff. To do that, you'll have to go to MaximumFun.org. So, if you want to talk about hot music, you should check us out. Heat Rocks.